Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. This weekend, California reached a grim milestone that made it clear just how much faster the coronavirus is now spreading throughout our communities. The state has now recorded 30,000 deaths from COVID-19. The death toll reached 685 on Friday alone. That's the highest ever for one day. Public health officials say it's a result of the surge that began during the winter holidays. In one of California's hardest-hit places, L.A. County, officials are halting the use of one of the most commonly used coronavirus tests. This after the FDA said it's prone to showing people that they don't have the coronavirus when they actually do. KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports. The test is made by the company Curative, which was hired to provide tens of thousands of tests at city and county sites throughout L.A. The FDA alert says the test poses a risk of false results, particularly false negative results, though the agency didn't specify the false error rate. The FDA also says swabbing the nose or cheek must be directly observed and directed by a trained healthcare worker. Right now, at City of L.A. testing sites, people are given instructions and told to swab themselves. The L.A. County Department of Health Services says all tests of the same type face similar issues with false negatives. The county encourages people who think they may have been exposed to the virus to quarantine for two weeks, even if they test negative. For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. Well, people who test positive for COVID-19 typically have symptoms like coughing or headaches that can last a few days or even a few weeks. But for a small number of people, those symptoms can linger for months and can cause debilitating illness even after they test negative. CAP Radio's Sammy Kayola has been reporting on why as scientists push to support these so-called long-haul COVID patients. Last June, Michelle Soji was diagnosed with COVID. With a runny nose, a dry cough, and some difficulty breathing, it was a relatively mild case. But that wasn't the worst of the illness. Up until I got COVID, I was very healthy. I was running 10Ks. I was climbing mountains that were 13,000 feet high. Months after she tested negative for COVID, 25-year-old Soji is still having trouble breathing and is constantly fatigued. This is a recording Soji took of herself on a recent stroll. It's like my lungs are in this cage, and every step that I take, every uh, every breath that I try to inhale, uh, it's pressing against that cage. This fall, Soji started getting care at a new UC Davis clinic for long-haul patients like her. It's one of a handful of centers launched in recent months by doctors looking to treat and study the chronic effects of COVID-19. 
Dr. Bradley Sandville is a pulmonologist at the UC Davis Clinic. He says treatment can include physical therapy or monitoring of lung performance. The focus of our clinic is really just to get people, someone to listen and talk to and try to work through their symptoms as best that we can. We don't have all the answers, but at least we can try to evaluate. About 10% of COVID patients have symptoms lasting more than a month, and a smaller number remain sick for three or more months. That's according to a UK survey. Sandville at UC Davis says long-haul COVID patients don't keep testing positive for the virus. Most are negative after about two weeks. The virus makes some kind of long-lasting change to the patient's body. That's according to Dr. Greg Vanishka-Shorn at the Mayo Clinic. We're thinking that maybe this is related to a hyperimmune state or hyperinflammatory state where the body is sort of stuck in this mode of trying to fight an infection. Vanishka Shorn says it's possible that the antibodies produced while fighting a COVID-19 infection are actually impeding the way the nervous and cardiovascular systems function. Now that there are many more people infected with COVID and surviving the acute illness, um, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more patients uh, report the long-term difficulties, and this is just going to be a significant medical concern that we're going to have to deal with as a country as we go forward. A few months into the pandemic, long-haul patients like Soji started connecting in online forums in an attempt to solve the medical mystery. One Facebook group has nearly 33,000 members. Soji says online support groups have been a huge help. I think that the main struggle that we face as long haulers is the feeling of isolation and the feeling of folks not believing us. Soji was being treated at the UC Davis Clinic for a while, but says she had to stop recently because her insurance no longer covers it. She's still learning to live with her current limitations. Now she's working on building enough stamina to be able to ride a stationary bike. For the California Report, I'm Sammy Kayula. We're going to head to the state capitol now. Housing advocates are applauding Governor Gavin Newsom's proposed budget unveiled last week. It directs billions of dollars to projects they hope will spur new construction and address homelessness. As KQED's Aaron Baldessari reports, the plan also includes new accountability measures. It's notoriously difficult to get housing built in California. And that's why lawmakers have passed a number of bills in recent years to override local opposition and clear the way for new projects. Now, Governor Gavin Newsom is proposing to direct millions of dollars to ensure those laws are actually working so the state can chip away at its chronic housing shortage. Lisa Hershey is the executive director of the advocacy organization Housing California. What this allows is for the state to work closely with local jurisdictions on understanding how to implement all of these laws so they're able to support more affordable housing production and use the resources effectively. The proposed budget also targets homelessness by doubling down on a successful program called Project Home Key that rapidly converts existing hotels, dorms, and other buildings into long-term housing. We know that a lot of folks are experiencing housing instability or falling into homelessness. And so we really need to make sure that these resources are invested in those folks. The budget includes $1 billion for new affordable housing construction and $2.6 billion in federal stimulus money for renters who have lost their income due to the pandemic. For The California Report, I'm Erin Baldessari. And that is The California Report for this Monday. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks so much for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, offering professional-grade financial tools and objective advice from a fiduciary, personalcapital.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, 
whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at SchmidtFutures.com and Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968, licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at WaterHeatersOnly.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.